The last show for 2021. Good evening and welcome to Race Time Radio. So glad you could crank on that Sirius XM satellite radio tonight. Or maybe you're listening on your phone on the app or maybe at uh, racetimeradio.com. Whatever way you're tuned in. Good evening. And uh, thanks again for dropping by. This is our final show for 2021. And uh, we're going to have a good time tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Right across the board, I've got Junior right here in the studio with me. What's going on tonight there, kiddo? Hey, it's been uh, been a while since we had a full two hours here. Yeah, no kidding. This is going to feel like an eternity tonight. <laughs> no, it's the last couple of shows have felt too short. <laughs> I know, man. They just it's, go with uh, just just the bat of a nine. It's gone. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty uh, pretty condensed over the last couple of weeks. Just obviously with the the Grey Cup and uh, the different schedules here on the channel on on one sixty seven. So uh, it's nice to be back. We're uh, we got lots to talk about. Oh, um, we do. Obviously, we got lots to talk about to you know preview heading into the year um and you know heading into the new year and then look back as well into what the the 2021 season brought us um but you know we got lots of different things to talk about like the derby happened you know we didn't we spent a whole lot of time talking about the flake right um uh, but uh man uh we got the Chili Bowl to look forward to. Yeah. It's coming. I know. The Rumble in Fort Wayne was this weekend. Indoor racing down in uh, down in Indiana. Just uh, lots of lots of stuff still happening. Uh, have you been keeping your eye on the NASCAR Cup Series um, new car being tested over at Charlotte? Have, have you been? not no? seen any of it? No. Nope. Nope, it's uh, it's going pretty good. good. You know, the, the big names are uh, are are definitely struggling, and that's what we really? want to see. Really, they're yeah. struggling. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the car look like? I, I did see it. Uh, what, what what do you think? What's your takeaway from the peekaboo at it? Uh, the, the entire program. I, I'm I'm a fan of of traditional NASCAR, where they had fabrication and they each team had its hand and its own success. I'm also a fan of close competition. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the model that NASCAR was going down, the path that NASCAR was going down, uh, we were only seeing four teams that were compatible. Or right. com- competitive. competitive, yep. Um, you know, and, and now there were 16 cars <laughs> in Something like in the those. Twisted Sister, though, right? There was about four cars that were competitive with that model. Exactly. You know, with with how NASCAR had had been, you know, the, it was getting out of hand for the small team um, to compete. Um, you know, you, you look at the teams like, uh, you know, Rick Ware and and you know Spire Motorsports, and you know, you, you go down the list. Even teams like Richard Petty Motorsports. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, been a long time know, since they got a win. Exactly. So you know, you, you look at at some of the smaller teams, some of the smaller efforts. Unless you were putting, you know, forty or fifty million dollars into your team, mm. um, you weren't uh, you weren't going to be competitive. Right. And um, under a rule book, you know, it's uh, it's pretty 
pretty interesting to me that that there was that much of a discrepancy. Mm. Um, but that being said, this new car kind of takes that entire model and throws it up against the wall mm. like a like an egg, and it splatters <laughs> it everywhere. And we'll find out what happens. Yeah, it's. Um, you know it's it's pretty interesting because every 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 car is you know every piece every part is bolt on right um and every part and every piece is bought and not built in house um so really it kind of deleted all of the ingenuity that it takes to go racing so you know it, it kind of took uh my favorite parts of the sport and deleted them as well um and you know the the when you look at late model racing today or you look at at you know whether it be late model racing or sprint car racing or or whatever on the short track level um there are spec parts and there are a multitude of them mm-hmm. um but there are numerous chassis builders still in NASCAR, there's not going to be. There's going to be one chassis builder. Oh, really? Um, and um, there's going to be one part builder for each one of those parts. There's no selection. There's no, um, you know, picking and choosing what upper to run or what lower to run or, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the only the only choices that the teams really have are, are spring changes and location changes um, that everybody else has access to as well. So, um you know, it's going to be a little bit IROC esque, um, where everybody's got the same thing. That'll help. Um, but <laughs> there's a lot to be said about diversity on the racetrack. You need cars that are faster than other cars to create passing. Well, and so, you're going to get that with tire drop off and setup and stuff like that. You're still going to get that. It's not like they're going to have you know 40 evenly matched race cars on the track all at one time. You're still going to have the have and have nots. I don't care what you do to it. You're still going to have that. You're still going to have comers and goers. It's just, you know, maybe it's going to be more competitive where the comers and goers are maybe, uh, you know, a little bit tighter, which is going to be good. Yeah. And that's the whole design of it. But the tighter the competition, right? So the Cup Series is the pinnacle of competition. Um, The tighter the competition and the tighter the box you put them in, Mm -hmm. the more equal they're all going to be, right? Well, would you, would on you, paper, uh, on paper, no. and at the beginning of the race, I agree. But but they've got the same equipment. So if they've got the same equipment and they've got the same, you know, know-how, the the guys are going to maximize every square inch of that car in a very short turnaround. That's that's what we had seen with the Cup Series. Yeah, the the big teams had maximized that car. And like their speeds weren't getting any faster, right? But they they were all going the exact same speed. the 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 left hand side of the chart was was going within you know half a tenth of each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you see the guy in twentieth, he can't go anywhere mm. because he's going the same speed as the guy in fifth. Right. And and the, once they get separated out after a restart, sure the restarts were exciting, but once they get cycled through. Yeah, they can't go laps. anywhere. Yeah, they can't go anywhere because yeah. every one of those cars are set up the exact same. So right. that that is the difficult part for me to digest, and I really hope that I'm wrong in saying that. Well, uh, but but you asked my opinion on on what I think of the new program, right? And those are just some hurdles that I think NASCAR is going to have to jump through. It, what will do it, Junior? For me, is when I see, and, and I'm going to use DGM for example in Xfinity. Just to use them as an example, uh, Mario's team, watching Alex Labbe, watching Josh last year, uh, when they would go, it didn't matter, didn't seem to matter what track, unless they were on the Roval uh, or on a super speedway, those were the crapshoot uh, 
uh, sort of races for them other than the Roval. Alex was really, really good on the Roval and always will be. But when you got to every other race on the schedule, you could just about guarantee that those guys were going to finish in that 18th to 16th spot just about every time. And it came through more often than not. Same thing in the Cup Series. You kind of figured that this guy was going to figure in, you know, he's going to finish up in that 10th spot or 11th spot. If that changes for 2022, where a guy that you historically have seen, uh, the 43 car, finish in that, you know, 12th spot, and he, all of a sudden he finishes in second on a consistent basis, or I guess in this model, there isn't going to be a consistent basis. That's right. It's going to change. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> there has never been a time where I've I've looked at a you know a, a race that's happening and been like, hey, I wish the guy that finished last would have won this race because it, I you know I've just never it, it, it's not that way to me. Uh, the teams that are winning are winning for a reason, and the teams that are up front are up front for a reason. They've got the they've got their stuff figured out. Yeah. I think when, it's going to be the same. You think so? Yeah. I think I uh, the thing that I do love is that I think that this puts it back into the driver's hands mm, a lot. That's good. And and I think that that they were up against, you know, a, a pretty solid wall of of negative PR of that these drivers are just money and they're just renting and and coming in and racing. Um, I think that they they were up against that, and I think that this turns it around a little bit and rewards the guy who can really wheel or the mm. girl that can really wheel, and I, I I love that about it. So far, the unknowns are larger than the knowns, and and we're just getting through the testing cycle. I think by the time we get to race number five, six of of two thousand and twenty two, that's when we're going to really know what the heck we've got to to look forward to. Right, right. But uh, you know, just looking at it, I, I feel for the fabricators that uh, that used to work in the sport, <laughs> that used to make cars go fast, <laughs> and and really, you know, I look forward to seeing what happens in the Xfinity series and the Truck series. Um, they've got uh, an opportunity to go down there and, and really change that world. So wow. it'll be uh, it'll be definitely interesting. And uh, uh, you know, I'm pulling for NASCAR. I think that this this is a great uh, a great initiative that they're that they're taking. And and uh, hopefully hopefully everything uh, works out the way that we want it to. Ah, that's 2022, and uh, it's right around the corner. But let me tell you what we got on tonight's show: the here, the now. Uh, tonight we're gonna start on the on Canada's East. Coast, and we're going to bring Ken Cunning onto the show here. Uh, we're going to talk, and of course, Ken, the general manager of that East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, the Maritime Pro Stock Tour. Uh, Ken has been out there a long time. He's been in charge of that, as well as Scotia Speed World. We're going to get Ken on the show off the bat, and we are going to talk about 2021. We'll have a look in the rearview mirror, and we will take a look in that uh, out the windshield and see what 2022 is looking like from uh, fr- from the head desk, if you will, for the tour 
And for Scotia Speed World, we'll catch up with him. Also on the show, we're going to go off to BC, and we're going to spend a little bit of time out there tonight. Trevor Seabird, of course, Trevor on the show throughout the course of the year. We all know Trev, uh, accomplished driver uh, back in the day, Indies, Indy Lights. Uh, well, we've seen him in NASCAR Pindies. Uh We all know Trevor Seabird. Uh, also involved with Area 27 out there in BC, along with Penticton Speedway. Of course, remember the big rebuild. Uh, we had that all the way through uh, the beginning of the year and uh, when we got things kicked off this year. Uh, Trevor also involved with Avion Motorsports and RS1 Cup Series. Uh, there was a lot of ripples about that this year. We're going to talk to him about the 2021 season and we'll have a look at 2022 we're also gonna are you a fan of russ valley restorations uh i know i am you watch it junior do you watch it over there i uh, yeah I, I watch it i watch it once in a while it's uh, i definitely like it I, uh, I like the fact that they're canadian and and uh you know there's a lot that you can that you can um you know pick up from them and and uh I, I like the fact that they do spotlight racing um so i do catch every every episode that they're doing you know anything racing related um i i'm definitely a, a super fan of that show mike and Corey hall of of course, Avery is out there. I love watching the program. I have since the day it started. Uh, never sent, n- never miss it. I've actually watched a lot of them a second time around. Uh, but they got a brand new season coming up. Um, on that show, uh, one of the uh, guests that comes in and out of the program throughout the course of time is uh, J.F. Longier. And J.F. is a racer by heart. He owns uh, J.F. Custom out in B.C., uh, he does a fantastic job. He's uh, run a, won a Riddler Award. Uh, JF is uh, a guy that I believe has driven everything from a super modified right down to a hit to Pascar. And we have JF coming on this show tonight live with us. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him and uh, finding out how his 2021 season went. And of course, Russ Valley going to fire up a brand new season come February. We'll see if we can uh, get a little peek behind the curtain with JF about the show. We don't, uh, you know, we'll find out. We'll yeah. find out. And we'll find out what he's going to do racing wise. I think Connor is also a race guy, but uh, JF is the racer. A couple of episodes here. One I can distinctively remember. He was actually trying to show the guys the line around Penticton Speedway and trying to, you know, try and get the guys a little more in tune with how to drive. A race car and how to drive an oval. They all turned to JF uh, for that experience. He did a pretty good job teaching them. Did you see that episode? I did. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Took him out in the van. Yeah, in the pretty van. scary when he took Mike out there. <laughs> man, oh man! I'll tell you what. That's what we got coming up tonight. Of course, we're going to touch on NASCAR Pindies as well. Uh, we're going to hopefully touch on your favorite series across Canada and maybe some of the ones down in the U.S. We got two hours to get her all done tonight. Final show of 2021, our Christmas edition, if you will. Uh, We are going to slide out, take this first break. When we come back, we're going to get Ken Cunning. We may have to get him out of bed. Uh, Good news is he gets to stay up a little later tonight on the East Coast, and he is going to join us live. We'll talk about that uh, East Coast International Pro Stock Tour next. Right here on Race Time Radio, we'll get things fired off. Stay with us. We are just getting started. Don't you think it's a pretty good plan? 
Hi, race fans. This is Brad Keselowski. You're listening to Race Time Radio. All I want for Christmas is a real good tan. Take me to the islands, put my feet. From coast to coast, coast, you're listening to Canada Talks. The NBA is back. He threw it down for the stars. Here every game on Sirius XM. And your hometown announcers on the SXM app. Giannis in attack mode. Baseline lifting, shooting. Goal! He hit it! As Giannis and the Bucks look to defend their title, the experts on NBA radio, Channel 86, will tell you what it's going to take. This is historic stuff. He went from a really nice player to an unstoppable offensive force. Don't miss a moment with Sirius XM and the SXM app. Yes! Free for most subscribers. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today. Race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward you stop by a napa auto parts store you can count on napa know-how winter is on the way cold temperatures mean we light fires to warm up or cook on sometimes even to survive quick quick fire starters are a must in your kit in your sled atv or vehicle Quick Quick just may save your life if you get stranded this winter. Enjoy the winter. We're Canadian. And so is Quick Quick. They're available online. Go to quickquick.com and they ship to your door. Quick Quick fire starters. They work. Got all Chase Elliott. He gets turned into the outside wall. Holy cow. The thrill of the race. You just never know how it's going to play out. Insider access to the drivers. We'll roll with it. We're enjoying it. We'll, we'll collect as many trophies as we can. Alright, let's go finish this thing, baby. It's a new normal. Better figure it out. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Thank you. You are the man. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow. And Andy Gadish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? Celebrity guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to meet you. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. Now six cars, single file line, three cars back, and two by two all the way back. Spinning the world of motorsports. To bring you the most comprehensive coverage around. This is Race Time Radio with your host, Joe Chisholm. I think people forget about the true meaning of Christmas. Love, friendship, and spending time with the family. Mama would be inside fixing turkey and dressing and 
Me and my brothers used to play outside in the snow for hours, throwing snowballs, and I'll never forget my daddy coming outside and saying, Hey! Who put the dick on the snowman? Andy Barris, the family. You could have used a ball bat, a cucumber, or a zucchini. But instead you used a thimble, something you could barely see. Who put the dick on the snowman and made him look like me? You boys been talking to your mama. I got your Christmas present right here, you little bastard. That's just uh, too much fun, isn't it, Junior? You gotta love Rodney Carrington. Uh, I found that song like um, I- I'm talking 20 years ago, and I'll never forget the day I found it. Um, I-, I think I played it 50 times, and just I had tears running down my face for a long time. I'd play that one in the middle of the summer every now and then just to get a good laugh, and uh, it always gives me a, a howl. That one there, it, it is funny. Yeah, let's get uh, to the hotline, shall we? For our first guest, uh, this uh, th- th- this gentleman uh, calls Halifax home, or at least close to it. Uh, we have Ken Cunning, the general manager of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour and Scotia Speed World, double duty all the time, and has been for a long time. He joins us now on the hotline. What's going on tonight, there, pal? Hey, Joe, how are you, buddy? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Oh, it's been way, way too long. Ken, uh, not a bad summer for you. I know it was COVID. Uh, Man, we're all getting sick of talking about COVID, but it was another one of those years. But you guys did get fired up and get out of the box. How was the season for you? First, at the racetrack, how was it? It was was another odd one. COVID had us shut down or, or the restrictions the uh, Nova Scotia Health Authority put in or public health. And uh, we, we didn't get off uh, in, in the May long weekend like we usually did. So uh, it was July before we could get to the track. Uh, the restrictions were, well, they prevented us from putting people in the grandstands, basically. Mm. And uh, at least at, at, a, at an amount that we could open the doors. Uh, the racers understood what was going on. Sponsors understood what was going on. And we, uh, I've got to say, working with public health, um, they helped us a lot. They sort of led us through what the restrictions and what all the, all the things that they were doing, what they meant, what we had to do, and how we could do things. Um, and then they sort of turned us loose to say, you know your business, you go figure out how you're going to do it, and put a plan together and get it back to us. And we did that. We had some back and forth. When we got to the track, the racing was good. Uh, fans were a little slow to come, probably, you know, hearing everything shut down, is it safe to go, and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we couldn't have big numbers of people in the grandstands when we started. And uh, the place looked a little like a prison yard with uh, fencing to keep people apart from entrances and exits and different sections. Uh, but as the season rolled on, it, it, it got better, more people turned out our racing was dynamite uh we had we had big car counts uh all summer and uh, the drivers supported us in the fans once they, we could open her up a little wider they supported us too so it, w- it was good to see it was a whole lot of hard work again and uh, a lot of stop and start and one foot forward and a couple back and 
that type of thing, but we got it in. Yeah, and you guys did a great job. Uh, looking from a distance, as Junior and I were doing all summer long and have been for two years, uh, it did look exciting. Uh, watch Tim Terry's broadcasts and stuff from the Speedway, uh, whether it be the you know the Pro Stock Tour or whether it be uh, Scotia Speed World. Things looked exciting. I'll tell you, I was uh, just just uh, beside myself, got frustrated that I couldn't be out there with you guys. Uh, but it did look like the race base, Ken, was uh, right, right. It doesn't look like they've skipped a beat, those guys. Uh, of course, they have got races in. But you got to know that it, it would would play with the teams as much as it did with the heads of the race fans. Uh, the teams didn't know what to expect or when to be ready. Uh, but, man, they pulled it together. It looked like they were an excited bunch, and they put on a good show. Well, exactly. Uh, um, cars were ready. Uh, teams were calling, and when are we going to race? What's the latest? What do you know? And basically our answer early in the year was we don't know anything. Uh, we're still trying to deal with the, the people that we have to deal with to see what we're going to be able to do. And then once we got going, uh, it, it worked pretty well, and, and drivers were out. They had problems with sponsors and that type of thing. But uh, in the Maritimes, we, the tour, uh, the East Coast International Tour, travels to three different provinces who had three different rules for COVID. Um, we could race in, in Petty International outside of Moncton, but no one from Nova Scotia could get into New Brunswick and similar coming off the island and it just it, i don't know if anybody watched the news but it lineups between new brunswick and nova scotia sometimes were horrendous uh backing up on the highway so it, it, we had a lot of that going on and it's frustrating people get ticked off but no one threw the, their hat in the fire and said i'm done so uh we once we got going it got better um on the tour, we had 48 cars out with us this year, which is phenomenal for what we did. Um, and, and Scotia Speed World, our car count was good the whole blessed year. Um, we had a, the first year it was tough getting going, and the guys realized if I have to do this to race, I'll do it. I'm willing to do it. So they put it all behind them and said, tell us what we have to do. And they did it. And, uh, it, it, it was good. It, was, it, it felt like you're working as a team again. Yeah, absolutely. Ken, it, it, you know, I've, we've had this conversation on the program uh, quite a few times uh, over the course of the summer and, and even into last summer as well. Um, and and not, not you and I, but, but myself and other guests. Um, uh, but I've never really talked about it on the East Coast side of things. Um, it, it, you know, here in Ontario and, and you know, in, in other locations as well, um, for a general, you know, overview, the race base themselves, um, the people who own the teams or drive, you know, the, the cars that own the, the, the equipment, uh, generally come out of a sector that, that really wasn't affected dramatically by this pandemic, you know, at the, at the onsite or on the onset of the pandemic itself, whether it be trades or, or, you know, construction or, you know, what, whatever it might be, um, uh, for the general, you know, overview for the majority of the people that own the teams, they weren't necessarily, you know, in the service industry or, or in the, the hardest hit sectors, um, you know, in business or, or, or where they work. 
Um, over the course, you know, obviously you mentioned it, you know, there was sponsor issues. A lot of the sponsors that are in this sport are in those industries that are in the service industry or, or in the, the category where it needs people, um, to, to go through their doors. Um, it, are you seeing or hearing anything heading into 2022, um, that is a little bit brighter on the sponsorship side or, or what is your stance on, on what we're looking at heading into 22? I, I think, um, I think things are, are less doom and gloom uh, in our part of the country uh, because we've gone through it twice. Uh, we being the whole industry, drivers, track owners, um, sponsors, who, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a feel for what it takes and what it, what it does. Uh, I think we're probably similar as you are in Ontario as far as uh, where our drivers and teams come from. Um, you know, they're, they're in the construction industry and in the road building industry. Um, they have their own businesses or whatever the case may be. Now, now obviously not every driver uh, is in that situation, but they're sponsored by somebody that, that is in one of those sectors. Yep. Um, I think that the sponsorship for the cars hung tight. And uh, it, it allowed drivers to sort of plan a season. Um, and they could pick races that they were going to go to uh, that maybe they couldn't do them all this year because they didn't get all the sponsor money. But they, they developed their own schedule of what, what races they're going to be and, and stuck to that. And, and I think um, there was probably really good uh, time for sponsors because fans, racers, all racers in general, uh, saw what they were doing and appreciated what they're doing. Maybe they couldn't help out as much uh, by shopping at your location or buying your product or using your service or whatever as much, but they'll, they will do that down the road. I'm very confident of that. Uh, we know what, what race fans are like. They're, they're loyal to people that support racing, and um, you know, uh, you've heard that a lot over the time. So uh, I, I think there's there's a little bit of, um, I guess, optimism that it's going to be better than it was last year. Um, we're just getting locked down here again in uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI uh, going into Christmas because of some outbreaks and the new variant and that type of thing. But, um, you know, I guess looking at the positive side that, Public health has not uh, let us down the wrong path yet, so I have confidence in what they're doing. And if everybody, you know, gets on board and does what we have to do, then we'll be back doing what we want to do in the summer. We're with Kenton Cunning. He is the general manager of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour out in the Maritimes and Scotia Speed World. Ken, uh, 2022. Now, I know you guys are in the planning stages now and uh, still going to take a little bit to get things planned out. Uh, how is the schedule? Uh, what, what, are you looking at virtually the same type of schedule? Uh, and I guess the big difference between this year and last year is now we do have vaccines. And I go for my third poke come tomorrow uh, and we get that done. We're kind of fortunate that way. So I know we're having a, you know, a bump in the road right now. But this should be with all uh, w- with any luck. This should be the last bump in the road. 
uh, with that being the case, and hopefully it is, uh, are you planning the same type of schedule for the tour in 2022? Yeah, basically, uh, um, the tour is going to run 12 races. That's the aim. That's our that's our sweet spot. Um, our, our teams um, come from all the Maritimes, and we've got uh, a full-time team off, off of Newfoundland. And um, so if we get more than 12, we get into multiple weeks, and that's they find difficulty doing that because of crew availability, time, and, and those types of things. So um, we, have, we have 12 events. Uh, we have uh, four trucks speaking for those 12 events. Uh, who have hosted them in the past. Um, we'd love to do more, but we just can't do more. I mean, um, we have calls coming out of Quebec every year looking for us to go there. They're looking for us to go into into eastern U.S. and that type of thing. But it's it's uh, the border's harder to get across than it used to be for a racer. And, again, it's, it's just the travel. And uh, so that, that's what we're looking at. Uh, we, in fact, we have a meeting tomorrow night uh, to look at our schedules and rules and, and uh, things like that. And uh, not that we're looking to make any change, big changes because uh, the last two seasons were kind of convoluted. But um, so it, it's, I guess it, it's business as usual, getting the season ready, looking for a kickoff and, on the long weekend. Uh, that's that's great to hear because, you know, uh, guys like Craig Slonwhite, the 2021 champion, uh, he'll be keyed in on that definitely. He'll want to try and do everything exactly the same in 2022, won't he? What a champion. Yeah, it, it's, uh, uh, it was good to see. Uh, Craig's been around uh, racing for a long time. Um, he, he started racing at Scotia Speed World in a street stock went to a late model and did well in street stocks and late model. Uh, he crewed on a pro stock team at, for a while at the same time. And he's, uh, not that he's low buck, but he's, he's, he's a independent guy. He does, he owns his cars and he, he funds his racing by, by sponsorship and does a good job and has a lot of return for a sponsor. So it was, uh, Sort of a Cinderella uh, season for him, uh, one that I think uh, was probably met uh, with uh, very positive results from fans and other racers, unless you finish second or third or fourth yeah. behind him, then maybe not. But um, it, it, it was a, a popular win in the grandstands, put it that way. Yeah, oh, guaranteed. We had him on lots on race time. He kept winning his way on. And uh, Craig, I'll tell you what, uh, good champion. I've followed him for a long time and uh, had the pleasure to uh, sit down and interview him lots in person. And uh, he's just one of those great guys. And good to see, you know, he could have quit a long time ago or gave up, right? Uh, but he didn't. He didn't. He kept yep. his nose right to it. And uh, lo and behold, Five years or six years after winning the Cat 250 right there at Scotia Speed World, uh, you know, they, that could have been his last win uh, until this year. And then, no siree, Bob, uh, he turned the afterburners on and uh, went out there, not only won a pile of races, 
but also took home a championship. And uh, that's what happens when you don't quit. If you keep your nose to the grindstone, uh, you can be a Craig Slon White. Absolutely, absolutely. And and something people may may forget is uh, he was rookie of the year the year he started with us. So he had talent. Um, he had pretty good gear, and um, pretty good gear does well, but not as good as cars that are or drivers that have good gear. And he he picked away, added sponsorship, and kept expanding his car. And and uh, this year it just all came together for him. And he was uh, he had a dynamite season. And like as I said, a popular, really popular in the grandstand. Uh, he's uh, especially at Scotia where the, the last race is, and he grew up cutting his teeth there. And um, it was it was a good a good win for the fans. Yeah, dynamite stuff. Ken Cunning, uh, y'all ready for Christmas? How's Cecil doing? How's everybody out there? And is everybody kind of ready for Christmas? It's only a week away, buddy. Uh, yeah, we're. I, I am anyway. I guess we are. Jackie and I were we're getting together. The grandkids were over today to decorate the tree, and and the, the excitement is building. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's fun. It's it's all about the kids and that type of thing. Well, and the big kids. I know you're a big kid yourself. Uh, you have a lot of fun, and uh, man, I can't wait till the day, buddy. We can all get back together out there. Uh, hopefully, 2022 is that year uh, that we can turn the uh, uh, turn the tap back on and uh, get everybody what they've been looking for, and that's. Uh, uh, some more of that uh, Maritime Pro Stock Tour. Kind of cool. Uh, you know, East Coast International jump on as the title. Uh, what was their response to this year, Ken? I know uh, with the pandemic, they probably didn't want that. But uh, it, how did they uh, enjoy year number one? Um, David Lockhart is the principal there. And, and uh, he's had experience with us before at Scotia. He, he, um, he, was, he had a, a company here in Halifax. Um, but they had a great time. Um, they had uh, a lot of, uh, they did a lot of, uh, things for their, for their customers at each of the racetracks and, and their employees. Uh, they had some dedicated people that were out all the time at every, at all our races and got to know the teams and got to know us and we get to know them. And, and that brings that sort of family atmosphere. It's a little bit like they, the old circus in the years ago where you, you roll into town and you do your thing and roll back out. So it's, it's always nice to see a friendly face or a familiar face. Um, I think they, they did well. We had a, me- a meeting with uh, the folks at East Coast, and uh, they were excited with what happened, and they've got some uh, expansion things that they want to do and leverage a little more. And So I think you'll see them around the racetrack uh, doing what they do. And... Uh, they're, the first year is, is, you know, kind of getting their feet wet and understanding what's going on. And, and then uh, once, once they're in it, they, they understand. We had a lot of good feedback from, from the three or four guys that uh, are, are not necessarily guys, but people that were at the track and uh, what they liked and what, what they liked to leverage it a little more from their end. So um, that's Tara Foster's uh, got all that information and we – He's the one that will work the magic to make it happen for them. Well, we just um, we we have a 
a gentleman by the name of Steve McNeil. Uh, you probably know Steve. Yeah. Uh, he used to be the VP of uh, Cummings. Uh, he's from down in Atlantic Canada. And he's retired now. And he's the, he bought himself a golf cart, tricked it all out. And he does tours. He takes sponsors into the pits, introduces them to drivers, uh, officials, whoever. And uh, it, it, it's driven a lot of people to, to look at the tour and go, wow, I didn't know all what's happening here and back. It, it's kind of interesting. So uh, he's a big part of uh, taking our sponsors, new sponsors, and acclimatizing them to what's happening and explaining what goes on and he puts Jessica in the, in the golf cart with him, and away they go and introduce them to everybody, drop drop into the trailers, and uh, it's always around lunchtime or their selves so they can drop in and get something to eat, work their way down the line. <laughs> You'd have a lot of fun doing it, too. Uh, uh, you well, couldn't, couldn't get a better guy doing that, I'll tell you that. No, and, you know, like, if this isn't fun, why are we doing it? Uh, that's my philosophy. I guess, I don't know, it was 2005 when I retired from Alliance and uh, went to work for, for Cecil and Harry. And and um, I, back then I told them that, uh, that when this stops being fun, I'm out of here. <laughs> and so it's, uh, I'm still here. So we've been having fun, and that's, that's the main thing. Everybody should have a good time at the racetrack. Well, we're going to have a lot more in 2022. Ken, this has been great catching up with you, my friend, and uh, I know we're all looking forward to it. Uh, when do you expect to have the schedule? You guys kind of got like a plan uh, on when you're going to release everything, or uh, when should fans be looking? Somebody would like to have it out before Christmas. Ah. Um, but um, I don't know if we'll get there yet um, by that that soon, but very, very soon. If it's not, it'll be very early in the new year. We, uh, we we want everybody, everybody meaning the racetracks we're racing at and our cars or the, and drivers and teams to have a lot of lead time in planning what they're going to do and, and making arrangements and booking hotel rooms and all the things you have to do if you travel. You betcha. Well, we'll keep our eye on the uh, Maritime Pro Stock Tour website, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and, of course, uh, we'll, we'll have the latest on Race Time Radio. As soon as you got something, you let us know, buddy. Yeah, we will. We will. Until then, you have a Merry Christmas. Uh, you, Jackie, say hi to Scotty and his family and absolutely all of our Pro Stock Tour family out there. All of you have a Merry Christmas. And, uh, hey, bud, you never know. We could see you in 2022. I hope so. I I, I will pass along your, your good wishes. And I'd like to wish everybody involved in racing in Canada, whether they're drivers, crews, sponsors, racetrack owners, fans, whatever. It's uh, it, it, we we put in a long, hard time, and I guess we're not the only ones. If you look at the NHL, what's happening with them? Um, but it's it's uh, racing didn't go away. And one thing we learned in Nova Scotia is Scotia Speed World. And Riverside International Speedway are the biggest outdoor facilities in the province. Absolutely. And they didn't realize that. So uh, um, it, it, it's kind of interesting that there's a little bit of education going back and forth. So, um, like I said, they, they helped us a lot. And we appreciate it. And uh, it gives us 
bands, drivers, everybody a place to go and have that fun on the weekends. Well said, Ken Cunning. You be safe out there, and I know we'll catch up with you in the new year. Have a good one, brother. All right, you too. You bet. That's Ken Cunning, General Manager of uh, Scotia Speed World and the Parts for Trucks Tour, the Maritime East Coast International Maritime Pro Stock Tour. I still call it the Craftsman Series every now and then, Junior. The Craftsman Truck Series. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Bush, yeah. The Bush Series. You see, NASCAR. The old guy, yeah, right? Yeah, right? the old guy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, he he hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, we've learned a lot as as a, as an industry here in Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, and and for him to come out and say that they were, you know, that they found out that they were the the largest two outdoor sporting events in Nova Scotia, the same thing can be said here in Ontario. You know, you you look at uh, you look at all the racetracks that are across, you know, southern Ontario. Um, we are some of the largest events as well. Oh yeah, you know when it comes time for outdoor. Uh, sporting events, um, you know, at some of these events, you're you're holding five, six, eight thousand people, and uh, you know there there aren't a whole lot of venues across Ontario that hold that. You know, obviously you've got places like the ACC and you've got some of the OHL rinks, but the OHL ah, rinks they're still all only twenty five, three hundred, there were thirty five hundred, exactly, and and they're all indoor. Um, you know, when you look at, at outdoor sporting events, uh, we don't have the NFL. We don't have those types of large, huge venues. Um, obviously, we've got a few CH or uh, CFL teams and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have large venues here in Ontario as well. And, and uh, man, just a, an incredible look at, at what the series was in 2021 and what we're looking forward to in 2022. Ken uh, always does a, a great job breaking it down right from day one all the way through to the end of the year. Um, hopefully the fans really got a kick out of that because uh, there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Oh, yeah. We got lots still to come tonight on the show. We're going to hit this quick break. When we come back, we jump aboard the Race Time Radio Magic Carpet. We're going to go all the way to Canada's West Coast. Uh, we're going to grab Trevor Siebert on the other side of this break, and we're going to talk about Area 27, RS1 Cup Series, Penticton Speedway. Still lots to come. Stay with us, everybody. Bells will be ringing the sad, sad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. From coast to coast, coast, to coast you're listening to Canada Talks. To Canada Talks. Racetime Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Is it your job to light the fire, the campfire, or maybe you're like me and you heat your home with wood? You need to use a quick wit. These fire starters work. No paper or kindling. And presto, your fire is going every time. No toxic fumes, just warm, enjoyable flames. You can get them online. Go to quickwick.com. Quickwick, they work. The NBA is back. He threw it down for the stars. Here every game on SiriusXM. And your hometown announcers on the SXM app. Giannis in attack mode. Baseline lifting, shooting. Go on, he hit it. 
Giannis and the Bucks look to defend their title. The experts on NBA Radio, Channel 86, will tell you what it's going to take. This is historic stuff. He went from a really nice player to an unstoppable offensive force. Don't miss a moment with SiriusXM and the SXM app. Yes! Free for most subscribers. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen, and I'm Mike Babchek. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio, so I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You? Go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. (laughs) I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Rev TV Canada, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, and by GetRackHunter.com. Taking you all the way to the track and back. It's Race Time Radio. Any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me? I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. With a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey sh- he is! Hallelujah! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. Uh, Chevy Chase, I believe, I believe, if you uh, watch CBC uh, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, I believe it is uh, Christmas vacation coming up. It isn't Christmas until you watch uh, that particular show, at least for me. Uh, that That is ranking right up there. Uh, Going to have a lot of fun, and... Uh, uh, just uh, got to love this time of the year. Okay, off we go now back to the hotline, and let's welcome in uh, all the way from British Columbia. Uh, we got Trevor Siebert on the other end of this hotline. At least I believe we do. Trev, what's going on? Are you there? Hey, Joe, how you doing? Look, yeah, I'm here. Look at that. I hit the right button. Things are going well. How are things out there for you, bud? Oh, going good. You know, right in the heart of winter here now, so we got some snow on the ground. It's feeling a bit like Christmas. It's white. So, uh, yeah, what the heck? What more can you ask for? Man, I'll tell you what. I watched that BC weather. Uh, got uh, a Shaw Direct satellite, right? So I flick around a wee bit and uh, I take a look. What, like three weeks ago, you guys had floods everywhere, and the valley was just going stupid. I was going, well, it, you've had the worst of times in the summer where it's hotter than hell. Uh, you're frying out there. you got... Uh, uh, you know, the crazy fires happening all over the place. And then things finally dampen down from that. And uh, then all of a sudden you got floods happening. You guys go through it all out there. Hopefully, 2022, Trevor, you guys can have what should be a normal year without the wildfires, without the floods, and just have a perfect summer. How does that sound? 
Well, I, you know, obviously uh, we're hoping for that, and uh, uh, we appreciate your sentiment. You know, you're right. The fires were uh, pretty critical for us this year. We had a lot of people get displaced with, uh, you know, getting evacuated, and that went on for quite some time. It it, uh, it really uh, hurt a lot of things at uh, Area 27 and uh, over at the Speedway. You know, we were right in the mix of all of that. And of course, you're you're being pretty conscious that you're not trying to put on events and tie up hotel rooms and everything else while people are displaced and they need those rooms. So it was um, a bit of a juggling act for sure and trying to be mindful of, of you know, more important things that were going on in life than, uh, than just motorsports. And then, of course, then we now we're into the floods where we've lost a, uh, a big portion of our highway. So our, our arterial routes in and out of the lower mainland are shut down. People can't travel for Christmas unless they get on a plane, which, are, of course, are all booked right now because you can't drive anywhere. So it's uh, it's certainly been challenging. So, you know, a big season next year without any fires and some really nice weather and some awesome racing, and COVID can uh, bugger off for good. And uh, our Dr. Bonnie out here, maybe she'll let us go play and we can have full grandstands and everything will be good. Uh, that sounds like the plan. That's what we're all looking for. And I think, you know what, you're owed that. Uh, all of the fans out there in BC, the competitors and uh, the racetracks, all of you uh, deserve what is supposed to be a dynamite 2022. And uh, hopefully that all comes true for us. But let's look back, shall we, on 2021. Trev, let's start at Area 27. Uh, I've seen a lot of the action on Rev TV Canada. Uh, for all intents and purposes, for my eyeballs, with the limited stuff that I was able to see, I'll tell you what, that RS1 series and that Speedway are uh, just just uh, wonders of the world. Uh, they, they look tremendous out there. The vision you had on this show years ago, it uh, it all looks perfect, my friend. You did a marvelous job. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, it has been a ton of work, and I certainly didn't do it all myself by any stretch. I had a lot of great people working with me at, uh, at Area 27, at Avia Motorsports, over at the Speedway. Um, you know, a lot of great drivers and team owners, and uh, so it's been a, it's been an excellent group of people to work with. And uh, you know, your previous guest uh, Ken was saying, you know, if he starts uh, to not have fun with it anymore, then he just won't do it anymore. And and I think having the fun has to start with the group of people that you're immersed in. And um, you know, if the people you're around are no fun, um, <laughs> then uh, you know you've either you've either hooked up with the wrong people, or maybe it's you who's causing them, the people not to have as much fun. So. Um, I don't know how you don't have fun in motorsports. You know, everybody has their day, for sure. But, um, you know, I like to tell everybody that the, uh, you know, the worst day in motorsports is, is still better than your best day at work. So, uh, and kind of live by that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, we've had some, we've had some great success with, with the tracks and, and with the, um, with the different series that we're running between the RS1, um, Top and Challenge Series, the RS1 Sprint Car Series, and now taking on the Speedway and, and doing our best to to, uh, to grow all the uh, the series that are you know running at that track. As you know, you got first hand knowledge in that and what it takes to uh, you know to get the teams and drivers out, keep them healthy, get the fans there, and and uh, you know take a swing at doing things. Uh, new and improved all the time and uh, having a look inside yourself. And, you know, today was Sunday, but it's funny. Uh, you know, I woke up this morning to a whole bunch of texts and emails from uh, from partners and, uh, and um, 
people involved with us in, on these things and group texts and threads and talking about all the great things we need to do and how we need to do them. So, you know, I'm really encouraged by that. Yeah, there is no real off-season. I know there is for a lot of the race teams. They get a chance to rebuild and, uh, you know, expand on their vision that they had the year previous. Uh, but for a Speedway and for a guy like you, Trev, uh, you got a lot of irons in the fire, so to speak, and uh, it's constantly evolving uh, and making it better and tweaking it here and tweaking it there. Uh, it's a lot of fun at this time of the year, a lot of painstaking, but there is a lot of planning that goes in. If you don't do your homework now, everybody finds out in July next year, right? That's an absolute uh, factual statement and, and very, very true. And I was thinking about this earlier today while I was you know, I was doing some Christmas shopping, you know, because it's snow on the ground here, so we can't drag the race car and go play with it. So now is the time of year where I think that it's, it's all brain power stuff, where you think of all these great ideas and you try and figure out how you put them into play. And I think that I think the trick for me in the last five six years that I've I've grown, you know, beyond being a team owner and a, and a driver into owning racetracks and developing them and, and building them and different series and marketing and all the rest that goes with it, um, they have to have a link. Um, they have to complement each other. And so I'm, I'm forever trying to figure out how one complements the other. Um, and if, if, you, if that makes any sense. And, and once you figure that out, then it helps a lot on the, um, on the tedious part of, of it, trying to figure out <clears throat> how to make everything work. Because when you can just flow from one, say, one event to the next event or one um, venue to another venue and you have, like you said, all those irons in the fire and you can control most of those irons, um, then I, I think you're ahead of the game. Well, and that's, you know, uh, running, when you break it down even to the event, you're looking at, uh, you know, where can I get the fan the best value, the biggest bang for the buck? Uh, without breaking the bank, getting them in, of course, uh, you know, it, it's simple to take everything you got, all the high-end stuff, and run it all at one time. But the harsh reality is, uh, who can afford to buy a ticket to that? Because you got to pay it all out. Uh, so I hear what you're saying. When you plan that schedule out, uh, you're looking at, hey, how can I get the best value for absolutely everybody? How can this complement that? And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool when you put it all together and it all fits, and you get a chance to roll it out, uh, and the fan experience uh, becomes better this year than it did last year. Uh, that's the whole key to it. But, Trev, listen, uh, we got to throw it back to Toronto for a quick news highlight that only takes 90 seconds, and then we come back for our number two. Is it okay? Can we get you to hang out with us uh, to the other side? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be waiting for you when you get done. That's perfect. Now, it's going to go quiet. You've, I think I've done this to you before, but uh, we always hit the top of the hour here. We've got to throw it back to Toronto. Uh, it's going to get quiet on your end, but trust me, we didn't hang up. We will have you right back on here, but, uh, uh, and we look forward to hour number two. We've got lots to talk to Trevor Seward about with Area 27. Of course, Penticton Speedway rebuilt this year. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk about RS1 Challenge uh, Cup Series. we got lots to cover off yet with Trevor Seabird. And don't forget, in hour number two, we have JF coming up. Uh, and he is one of those race car guys. I believe uh, Trevor even knows uh, JF real well. So we'll talk to him about all of that. 
But we are going to throw it back to Toronto, and we will be back in just moments. Stay with us live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM Channel 167. Race Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. Got all Chase Elliott. He gets turned into the outside wall. Holy cow! The thrill of the race. You just never know how it's going to play out. Insider access to the drivers. We'll roll with it. We're enjoying it. We'll, we'll collect as many trophies as we can. Uh, let's go finish this thing, baby. It's a new normal. Better figure it out. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Thank you. You are the man. <laughs> With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167, where Canada talks. And just like that, our number two begins tonight live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. We are on the hotline all the way out in BC with Trevor Siebert, Area 27, Penticton Speedway, and so, so much more. Uh, Trevor, when you figure out that schedule, you hit that sweet spot, and uh, the fans get the value, that's what it's all about. I know you guys are getting really, really good at that. What's it like planning now when you got Area 27, you got Penticton, and, of course, you got uh, the RS1 Cup Series and the Challenge Series, and you're touring that now, so you keep adding new levels. How's it coming, uh, balancing it all out for 2022 so far? Well, it's looking really good. You know, we've um, we've been trying to go out to uh, Saskatoon to Wyant uh, Group uh, Raceway there for the last couple of years. COVID canceled that show twice on us now, and um, it's back on the schedule. And um, you know, we're it, it's great because we've we've brought a lot of people in the Challenge Series along uh, from people that have never sat in a race car before to those who maybe. Uh, bit older if we will and you could race at a very high level back in the day and, and they they just want to run something a little bit more um at a at a level that they can feel comfortable in um so we've got those people that we've got them on a stage now where we took them from area 27 for the first couple of years and then we took them over to the speedway i guess two years ago we rented the tractor and put on a show and uh you know uh introduced them and actually a lot of road racers in the cup series to an oval which they've never seen in their life, you know, not as far as driving it. Mm-hmm. And um, so both groups have really uh, come up to uh, a level now where the touring really makes sense. And it would have made sense a couple of years ago, but I guess what I'm saying is COVID has actually gave us an opportunity to really kind of hone things in a bit with um, with just the two local tracks. But now we're going to venture out and we're going to start touring. And so, um, so I could say uh, Saskatoon's back on the schedule, so we're really looking forward to that. I know everybody's pretty pumped about it. Again, a lot of the uh, people in the challenge series who, who you know, they've never raced anywhere else before, so that's that's going to be their first outing away from uh, the Okanagan. So they're pretty pumped about that. Oh, I guess so. And Trev, you got laps there, uh, quite a few laps, right? Even back to when you ran the Pindy series back then, Canadian Tire series, right? You ran at uh, Saskatoon. 
Absolutely, I did. Yeah, had a couple of real strong runs there. Um, it's a beautiful raceway. It really is. Uh, you know, did a did a great job there to keep the place looking fantastic. Um, so I say I'm excited to go back. It's definitely been a few a few years since I've been there, um, but I don't imagine things have changed. If anything, they've probably gotten even a little bit better. So we're certainly looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Fast track. Fast track could be a good compliment, Junior, to Penticton. Uh, add Saskatoon in there, man. They're in for something special. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, As long as they can keep the weeper out of turn one. <laughs> the weeper out of turn one. I mean, that is the most iconic thing that I can remember from that place. And that, that is such a shame that, that I that I remember that. But it's every time I go there, it's it's we get a colossal downpour and we get a weeper in Well, there you one. go. I can That's, guarantee Trevor, Trevor's not going to invite you. I'm bad luck. No, don't invite me, Trev. You get <laughs> yeah, wet. So I guarantee it. Yeah. I'll stay home that weekend, I promise. Uh, but uh, it, uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I love that racetrack. Uh, Auto Clearing slash Wyant Group Speedway. Uh, love that place. Uh, every single time that uh, I've ever been there. You touched on something that uh, I find really interesting. And obviously, you know, looking for ways while you were out Christmas shopping, picking out my gift, um, you were you were you know, thinking about how, how the two, you know, entities kind of can feed off of each other or can complement one another. Um, it, it's definitely a, a little bit of a difficult proposition, right? Because one is a road course and, and a, a scenic road course, if you will, and one is an oval track. Um, you know, when, when you look across Canada, when you look across the, really uh, even North America, uh, there's not a whole lot of entities that are that are road course and oval um, that that are together with as much cohesion as what the RS1 series and Avion has. Um, you know, when you look at obviously tracks like Daytona has a road course in the middle of it, um, but it's it it's a multi-purpose facility, right? And you, you look at Charlotte and they've got a Roval um, with a road course in the middle of it. So that's a lot different than two separate properties having to work together with two separate bases uh, like what you have. Um, when you do look at, at ways into the future, are we ever going to see a day where maybe there's a, a oval portion to Area 27 um, or, or like to, to increase that, that cohesion? Or, or like what do we have to look forward to on the, on the cross-track platform, if you will? Well, I think that, um, you know, it's a good question. Um, you know, one of the natural places to look to put an oval was out at Area 27. We have a land base to do it, and... You know, Bill Drossos and I, we sat down and we talked about it numerous times and, uh, you know, where we'd put it and how we would do it. And, you know, then you got to factor in where Area 27 is in relation to a, a population base. Um, you know, you've got a, you've got a road course that's basically the financial, um, base of that whole place is based on, uh, on membership. Um, a good portion of it anyway. So, sure. you know, if you never put a fan in a grandstand in that place, it wouldn't really matter. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't, obviously don't, you know, shy away from racing because we do. We had the first, you know, the RS1 race went on there this year. It was, you know, our very first live event and it it came across really well. Lots of great feedback on it. But, you know, when you look at the ovals, uh, it's a very fine line from positioning an oval too far away from population because it's, it's one of those quick draw shows where, um, you know, people roll in at 6.30 at night, and by 7, they see a green flag, and by 9.30, they're, they're, they're leaving. 
and they've had a few beers or whatever. They've watched some great racing. They've had a hot dog, and, and they're on their way, just like going to see a movie. Right. Uh, and road courses aren't, in my mind anyway, don't really fold out quite like that. They're a bit more of a what I would figure like a day-long type of a, a deal. Or a weekend, right? You roll in for yeah, the weekend and hang out. Exactly. You know, so that's not to say it wouldn't work over there. So we, But at the end of the day, it came down to... Um, you know, we ended up talking to uh, to Johnny that owned the uh, the Speedway, and 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 we ended up just coming to a deal there. So, of course, I put a bullet in any you know hope to putting one over at Area Twenty Seven because it just didn't make sense uh, to do it any any longer. And we took one that was already there, and, and that's what we did. Um, so, you know, there's pros and cons to doing both, but you know, you're not going to see a, a an oval at uh, at Area Twenty Seven, uh, certainly not anytime soon. Um, but, you know, you, you look at how the two complement each other, going back to my previous comment about that. We built the RS1 cars to be uh, road course cars and oval track cars. And and just to give an example of that, and, and having both tracks available to us, you know, Al Lieber took a, um, took a, uh, a prospective customer out, and uh, they ran at the road course uh, in an RS1. They took the same RS1, they shoved it in the trailer and uh, drove it over to the speedway, which took them about 45 minutes, rolled it back out. The guy put his helmet back on, got in the way he went. I'm not even sure if they put the camera sleeve in the thing that we'd normally run on the, on the, <laughs> on the oval. And, uh, but the way he went, so he spent half a day testing on one track, half a day testing the other track. It went very well. Um, person was very impressed with what they got. And this is somebody that's been around race cars a long time. And so, you know, that just shows you what's, what's capable when you think about how the two complement each other, both the car, the style of the car, the tracks, the closeness of each other, what you can do from one to the other. And that's just, I mean, that's just one aspect of it. That's cool. And watching the growth of that RS1 uh, series that you got going on there, uh, you can see the growth. And I was astonished. Trev, I hadn't seen it until, like, I'm going to say it was one day last week. I was flipping around on Rev TV Canada, and I picked up on one of the shows uh, where the guy from Avion was actually building some of the cars and taking you through the building process. Man, what a! It was an informative television show. I urge everybody: if you don't know what an RS1 car is, you gotta tune in and check that out. Uh, I, I can well imagine, Trev, you've seen it. You've watched the cars being put together, and you've helped do them. Uh, but, man, what an informative show, and kind of cool when you see this stuff expanding out. Well, again, you're not going to attract drivers. You're not going to attract fans if you don't make them part of it now. You know, we, we talk about, you know, I come on your show and we talk about how motorsports has changed and what we got to do in our industry to keep things going or, or to revitalize them and keep them uh, exciting or new excitement. And that's one of them. You know, we got a ton of feedback on that on that program that was al that did that and yeah they um uh jeff steenbackers who also uh works uh works with us he has a lot of uh background in doing that type of a show and so they do it internally and they were putting on a weekly uh update you know it was on instagram and on facebook and uh different places and we got a ton of feedback on that we got it from fans we got it from uh drivers and team owners you know, it's interesting, the minute he didn't do one for a week or two, and, you know, everybody's texting us or phoning <laughs> us, say, hey, uh, what's, you know, what's going on? I want to know. It's like waiting for the next 
the next uh, episode of Yellowstone or whatever to come on. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're waiting. Like, where's the next episode? So, you know, it tells you something. It tells you that people pay attention to that kind of stuff. And it tells you that you're doing the right things by engaging um, with drivers and with uh, fans by doing that type of stuff. And, you know, that was something that me was unheard of years ago. Well, that was the uh, Super Seal 09 car that I seen as it was being built, or at least the finished product was the 09 car. And I noticed Riley didn't let Al go back under the hood after it was shot. No, no. <laughs> well, Al probably, or Riley probably saw me coming along and trying to see what his setup is, but we all know there's not a heck of a lot you can change on those cars. You know, that's the way we build them, and uh, our rule doesn't allow you to change much in those things. But, uh, you know, that little bugger, like, he won't tell me his tire pressures or he'll give me some fictitious number. Oh, yeah, Dad, I run it out of 42 pounds on the outside or whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Thanks a lot. Yeah. You know, so. Thanks, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incredible. Uh, with uh, Riley Sieber tonight, uh, uh, live on Race Time, uh, we're talking about... Uh, Area 27, Penticton Speedway, and everything that's happening out in B.C. Trev, Penticton Speedway, you rebuilt that sucker this year, or the better part of it. How did the building all finish up? How did the uh, divisions that run there and the fans that frequent that facility, how did they enjoy the fruits of your labors? Well, they loved it. You know, we've got a lot of fans that uh, that hadn't come in years, and, uh, you know, I think that just the buzz that we were up there doing a bunch of new things, kind of got him interested so a lot of people would drive up and they'd look or they'd drive in and oh geez i heard this and so they come and take a look during construction and then you know when we opened um we got all those people that maybe hadn't been there in a long time or maybe they were just new people that uh, never been to a race and the buzz around town was that the speed was getting rebuilt so we got a lot of those people out and uh you know was turning them into uh into long-term fans and uh, but the the rebuilding went very well uh, it took us about three months of, of really diligent, everyday, hard work, labor, paving, concrete, fencing, all the rest of the stuff, so we could just open to get going again. Uh, again, I hate to say it, but COVID kind of actually helped us with that, where we didn't have to worry about putting on vents, so we took the opportunity to, to rebuild the place. We did more last summer than maybe we would have, uh, you know, during a normal race year, where we'd have to schedule it a bit in the off-season. But there's lots to go yet. Um you know, we, we changed turn three and four last year uh, con- considerably. It's, it's, I'm sure it's the steepest track in Canada now. Um, and it, I put progressive banking into it. So that track runs two or three lines wide through that corner, uh, lap after lap after lap. And it's made for really exciting racing. We've got a lot of, you know, we put new grandstands in. We've got a bunch more grandstands that we're starting on uh, right after Christmas here. Um, we've got a bunch more asphalt to do. Uh, both on and off the track, you know, more lighting in the parking areas. We've got washrooms to go yet. We've got a control tower. Uh, I got a tire shop that we're that we're repurposing an old one and, and rebuilding it to, to be a tire facility uh, for the racing. So you know, lots lots going on. Um, the cool thing is is that is that we we more or less put our schedule together for the season, and we got some great. Uh, shows coming up. Uh, of course, we got the RV, RS1, which would be one of our showcase uh, events, the, uh, the Cup and Challenge. We put them on the oval. Um, but we've got, um, and we, we're coming up with a big announcement here shortly, but I'll give you a, a, you know, a little bit of a peek under the hood on this one. So we're, we're putting on a, a big late model show. It'll be our season opener called the Western Rattler 300. And it's a 300-lap uh, late model event, uh, a high-pay event. 
Um, and we're super excited to do that. I'm just working on the final stages of, of the, um, you know, how we would go about that, the formatting, so we can come out to the uh, teams and let them know, you know, how we're going to run that event. It'll be a two-day event. Um, but it's the cool thing about Penticton, we're, we're really in a desert here. And so for BC, we're, you know, there's probably BC and maybe Victoria that can actually get going fairly early in the season. A lot of the northern tracks still have snow on them when we're, when, when we're able to start running. So we hope to get big car count from Western Canada and Northwest uh, U.S. Um, hopefully the border is not an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can see maybe a 35 or 40 car field for that. Oh, man, I tell you what, you got two Chisholms that are going to want to be part of that. That sounds exciting, Trevor. 300 uh, men. Uh, that, that, that would set a brand-new bar out there. Uh, on an oval, that would be really cool. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear the details on it. Uh, when are you you're expecting that to be? Maybe the season opener. Yes. Uh, so we're looking at April 30th, uh, May 1st weekend. That would be our. That would be. I believe that's our opener. So um, yeah, we kick the season off. Oh um, man, you'd be kicking the season off in Canada with that at that time of the year. Uh, you'd have uh, Canada tuned into that baby. I think so. Yeah, I you know like I say, a lot of the tracks are still weather out at that part of the year. So, um, you know, we're going to take advantage of that. We talked a lot about putting it in in you know July, August under the lights later on at night when the temperatures are a bit cooler because it gets really really hot out here, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes for a great show in the summertime later in the in the evening. You know, when people are done at the beach, they come up to the track, and we started talking about all the other tracks that are trying to do their big events. Yeah, and then you start looking at all the schedules. In uh, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, you know, for us out here, it'd be Washington, Oregon, uh, you know, those places. And and there's a lot of different tracks all trying to do the same thing at the same time of year. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's you know, you're trying to pull on the same cars. Um, so thought, let's do it early in the season here, where we can maybe beat a bunch of people to the punch, and they're not quite running yet. Well, so, this nothing so will make. We're putting it. Nothing will make partners like doing that. Exactly what you're talking about, Trev. That'll make the other tracks partners of yours and uh, be be able to help you with it. At least they should be looking at it as that uh, to get things fired off. And injecting, you mentioned it's a high-dollar payout. That's injecting money into that sport and specifically that type of division. That's huge. Well, our, our late model division in, in BC, uh, in my opinion, has been really had some tough times in the last four or five years. You know, we've got the West Car Series that runs out here. Um, and then we've got a bunch of guys that have, have gone on to do uh, pro-late uh, stuff down across the line. And and so we've come out with a rule package that allows them both to, to run. And um, late last year, we took uh, Matt Stevenson, who's uh, one of the well-known drivers out here and runs a pro-late. And we took Riley in his West car, and we hung a bunch of weight on the uh, on the prolate car, and and a few things, and and uh, ran them, um, you know, with the with the other late models that we had, and and they ended up first and second, but they were they ran bumper to bumper for most of a hundred laps, and so we know we got the formula right to be able to run two different styles of cars, or same style but two different roll packages, if you will, mm-hmm. and and get them equal enough that we could put on a show and and not have somebody saying, well, I'm bringing a knife to a gunfight. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got that part of it right. Um, you know, and if, and if we can make this thing happen this year where, where we get that kind of car count we're looking for, we're, of course, we'll make it an annual thing, and it'll become known to be the one that, that kicks off the year. 
in Western Canada. So, I guess they were really excited about about doing that. Well, there's, there, you know, there's no better place to announce what that high payout is going to be <laughs> than uh, a certain radio show that you're on. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying for all the listeners out there, because that's going to be the number one question. What's it pay? Uh, well, and well, he's not going to, he's not going to say get, it. I think we should get back on a call and uh, it's not very far away at all when we're, when we're going to have all our ducks in a row to be able to come <laughs> out with that. And certainly it's, uh, we got to do it early enough here that people have an opportunity to get ready for it. Absolutely. Well, especially those teams out on Canada's East Coast that tune in all the time. And, of course, all those guys in Ontario that are looking for a race at that time of the year. Uh, Can you imagine? We could start out uh, something like Daytona fires up down south. We could fire up in Canada out there on the west coast of Canada. That that would be so cool. Absolutely. I don't see why not, right? And, And I can tell you all about hauling from BC all the way out to Ontario, so there's no problem, guys. You know, they're uh, they're certainly more than welcome and invited to come this way. Come out here and uh, if they want to try and put a school on. We welcome the uh, we welcome the uh, competition. So I I think they should. I can believe everyone's ears are going to be perked up uh, come the new year uh, to find out the details on this one, Trevor. That is exciting news. Uh, you you got to go Christmas shopping more often, man. You come up with great ideas. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm full of great ideas, Joe. It's just putting them into, into motion, right? So, you know, the interesting thing about this town, uh, and I'm actually in Penticton right now, even though I live in Vancouver. I spend most of my time now in Penticton, but... You know, this is, it's it's obviously a tourist town, and uh, the population goes through the roof in the summertime. And so July and August, trying to get a hotel room is almost impossible if you don't book. And, you know, even a cheap hotel here is $300 a night in the summertime. So, you know, we looked at that, too, and said that's pretty hard on racers. That's pretty hard on fans that, you know, are trying to come out here and, and figure out how to do it, uh, how their economics work. And so, you know, the shoulder seasons, you get a hotel room for a third of the price. And that also really had a lot to do with our decisions. They said that's way easier on the fans. They can get a hotel room if they're traveling here to watch. The team can get rooms. Uh, everything just makes more sense than to try and do it at the height of the season. Now, the height of the season, of course, you got big fan base to draw from because all the tourists are here. But we know that we'll get a ton of local support, and by local I mean all the Okanagan. So we've got a half a million people within an hour and a half of the place. So we know we've got fan base. So, um, you know, we just looked at that. Some of the things we're trying to do to be conscious that, uh, you know, ticket prices and what we charge people to race, what we charge people to come and watch, have to be commensurate with filling a grandstand and having a, a great uh, a great venue. Well, it's got to be great news for the Penticton Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they're they're going to be uh, also excited uh, to uh, have a huge event like that uh, right at the beginning of the year. Uh, that could jumpstart a lot of different things uh, for an area that uh, really deserves it. Trev, this has been great catching up with you tonight, as it always is. Uh, you've always got something for us. You give us a nugget every time, and uh, we, we just can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on Race Time Radio throughout the course of the year, not just tonight. But, uh, man, it's been uh, 2021 was something that, uh, when, you know, when we look back on it, uh, one of the main highlights uh, that I keep coming back to in my mind is uh, Penticton Speedway and uh, Area 27. You guys really, really uh, created those headlines this year. And uh, doing what you did, there's uh, uh, 
uh, it's a great country, and I'll tell you what, you guys are making it even stronger out there on Canada's West Coast. To add in with all the efforts that are happening out there, man, it's uh, a great environment, and I know uh, we look forward to 2022 and finding out all the details on how things all shake out. Well, for sure, Joe uh, and Joe, um, you know, you guys have really been great to me over many years, and certainly in the last couple of years, we've elevated a lot of things out here. Um, so, uh, you know, point well taken, Junior. I think that uh, it would be a great place to announce it, you know. So I, I think I'm going to take you guys up on that. I've got a couple of announcements that I want to make here shortly, and um, I think you just invite me back on your show, and we can talk about those. Hey, January, January the 16th is show number one for Race Time Radio and the brand-new season. Uh, actually, it'll be our 16th season of Race Time Radio. We will uh, it'll kick off on January the 16th. You let me know, Trevor, uh, whether the 16th, you don't have to let me know right now, but you let me know if the 16th fits you like a glove. And if it does, we're going to get you on there full tilt. Well, we'll see what we can do about making the date work for you. Um, you know, we might be coming out sooner than that, but nevertheless, I will come on your show and we will talk about it because I think it, I think it'll be a Canada wide thing. Um, certainly some stuff out of the U S but, um, you know, we want to attract uh, a very high level of competition for that very early in the season, and and uh, I think a lot of your, a lot of the people, a lot of the drivers and teams that would be coming to that are probably listening to your show. So yeah, it makes sense. I just texted Andrew Grizel and said, "Hey, there's a big money show in Peterborough <laughs> or in in Peterborough in in, in Penticton, BC." And uh, he goes, "When is it?" And I said, "April 20th." And he said, "Really?" Uh, I said, "April 30th." And he said, "Really?" And I said, "Yes." So that's I mean I mean there, there's lots of guys over here that are looking for that time of year that isn't necessarily down in the U.S. So it's uh, it's definitely attractive to uh, to a lot of guys. And there's a couple more that I'll be texting as well. Well, that's great. I know you guys will and. Um you know, it, I think it's always very cool. I, you know, of of all the racing I've done all over North America, I think one of the coolest things for for a fan to get them kind of excited is when you announce a driver lineup and you tell people where they're from, and you have people from all over the Canada and and from different places in the U.S. Um, I think it really puts a lot of hype into the thing, and people want to see what the competition is like. It's their opportunity at a local track to get a cross section of. Of what the racing's like somewhere else, so they don't have to pay to go there. They can watch it here, and the drivers will come to them. Exactly, IWK two fifty at Riverside International Speedway. That's what that race is all about as well. On the other end of the country, man, this would be kind of cool uh, to get things fired up out west. Uh, Trev, this has been great. Uh, JF is coming up next. You got any? Uh, you got anything for him? What should we be uh, leaning on him for? Did he do a, a, a hit for pass this year? A hit to pass. He didn't this year, but I know he's good on the future because I'm going to make him do that because he's a big draw himself, right? A lot of people know him, uh, you know, from the TV show. A lot of people knew him before that, you know, with his, he's won a lot of stuff in his life in the, uh, in the show car world. And, and yeah, you mentioned anything to, to JF about a car and, and he's there. So, uh, I know he has a, uh, he has a sprint car as well that he runs occasionally in the, uh, in the uh, Avion Sprint Car Series, so we got a—he missed a few dates last year, no doubt, because he's busy on other things or maybe shooting that show. I don't know, but uh, to get him back out on that. But yeah, he's quite a character, and he's like I say, he's very well known, and he's got a huge following out here. I know you and I talked about him before, and I said you got to get him on the show, and, and it was great to see 
He's actually on the show the same night that he invited me back there. So I, I think he can tell you all kinds of cool things and stories how along the way. Ask him about his uh, his his Riddler or uh, his Riddler Award uh, car that he drives all over town, does smoke shows in Safeway parking lot and stuff like that with it. Because um, you know he'll, I'll let him tell you most of it, but I know he doesn't. Uh, I know he doesn't. He's had lots of offers to buy that car, and uh, he said, "Nope, I I drive my cars." So um, it, which is super cool, and so it's very well known in the valley too when you see it around. So I'll let you, I'll let him. Uh, I won't tell him too much of the stories for him, so I'll let you do that part. But uh, very cool guy, and, and uh, he's a uh, he's a big attraction anywhere he goes. You want to believe it, Trev? This has been great. You have a merry Christmas, you and the family. Uh, get, say hi to Rye for us. Uh, uh, you guys just be safe out there. Have a great holiday, and I know we can't wait to get you back on the show and uh, get some more details on uh, the preparations for 2022. Thanks so much for the time tonight, brother. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night, and have a, a great holiday, and a Merry Christmas. That is Trevor Siebert out on Canada's West Coast, Jr., Oh, man, can you believe it? That, that That's huge news. Yeah, definitely. It, it is. You know, it's the time is, is here. And, and, I mean, when you look at, at the opportunity that late model guys have right now in Canada, um, you know, you look down south and you see those guys like the Stephen Nassies, the Bubba Pollards, those types of guys that get a chance to go, and they tour the country, right? Oh, like yeah. you'll see them pop up in California at Kern County. You know, coast to you'll coast. You'll see them pop up in Maine, and you'll see them, you know, at the Oxford 250, and then you'll see them in Florida, right? They get the chance to travel around. Um, really, over the past 15 to 20 years, you haven't seen many guys do that type of thing. Like, it was big news that J.R. Fitzpatrick went to run the IWK 250 and Gary Elliott. That's right. right. It was big yeah, news yeah. from Ontario out there. Sure. Um, it was big news when the Canadian Short Track Nationals were on, when we had guys from, you know, the East Coast and we had guys from, like, Saskatoon that traveled into Ontario to do it. Uh, now, when you look at the pay structure of all of the series, whether it be the NASCAR Pinty series, whether it be the Canadian Touring Car series, whether it be you know the local series like the East Coast International or or the Ontario Late Model series um like it really you have the opportunity to do big game hunting right now yes um you know you've got shows like the Rattler 300 that's going to happen in in April uh, you've got shows like the 150 at Sobel Speedway, right? The, the 150 at Sobel Speedway um, is in, when is that, July or, or yep. August? July 31st, um, so, actually. So July actually. 31st. Uh, you've got the IWK, IWK 250. You've got the CAT 250. You've got the 660 Speedway. Um, you know, you've got big crown jewel events that pay, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand $15,000, to win. Um, it, it becomes attractive uh, at a certain point um, to do the big game stuff. And I think that you're seeing that exact same thing right now. Um, and there's an opportunity for a team or two or three or five to to attempt some of those deals right now. So, um, and, and I think that there's hunger out there for that. Now, a little bit of history repeating itself over a long period of time. Jay, uh, guys like Junior Handley, Don Biederman. Were winners and Watson, the first winner of the IWK 250, came from Ontario, uh, which you know maybe a lot of people don't know that. But when you go all the way back in that iconic 250 race, 
the first-time winner was from Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junior Hanley won it a couple of times. Don Biederman, uh, in his Dairy Queen car, won it a couple of times, also from Ontario back in the day. Uh, so, you see, history is repeating itself just a little bit. It's uh, taken about 30 years or 40 years in the middle for it to repeat itself. But look at the times. Uh, they are a-changing, and they're getting a lot better up here in Canada. We're going to hit this break when we come back. JF is going to join the show. Uh, Can't wait to get him on. We'll be back. Stay with us. Hey, race fans. Donald Chisholm from Riverside Speedway in Nova Scotia, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Rev TV Canada, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, and by GetRackHunter.com. For two decades. Hello, fellow Americans. The artists who make history. It's the music that keeps me going. Have made it. Here, we live 20 years of Sirius XM with performances, interviews, and magic moments from Taylor Swift, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, and so much more. We're going to do some acoustic versions of songs off of Lover. 20 years, 20 defining moments, one collection, only on the SXM app. Thank you so much. All North Racing, only on Rev TV. Contact your TV provider. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, Nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Endigadish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quickwick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Fox News Headlines 24-7 is on Sirius XM with headlines every 15 minutes. I'm Kevin Brinkholm. I'm Therese Crowley. I'm Jim McClendon. A channel that delivers your world news, business, what's trending in digital, entertainment, and sports. Your news in a way you've never heard before with headlines every 15 minutes. Fox News Headlines 24-7. All the information you need. Ready with you all. From America's News Headquarters. Sirius XM Channel 115 or listen on the Sirius XM app. Drivers, start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. Get a job, you bum 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 bum. Money don't grow on trees, you bum 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 bum. Silent farts, deadly farts, always come not for long. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. Larry the Cable Guy. A little bit of Christmas magic there. We're working on getting J.F. Lonnie on the program, but uh, in the interim, Junior, kind of having some fun with the Christmas breaks. Of course, this, our final show for 2021, uh, looking straight down the barrel at the holidays into 2022. 
come uh, January the 16th, we're going to be back. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, we got definitely lots to talk about heading into 2022. Oh. There's, there's tons. You know, you touched on it at the beginning of the show. The NASCAR Pinty Series launched their schedule, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Came out. Um, and they're back on the West Coast. They're going east. Well, they're, not like the West Coast, but, well, but the yeah, Western okay. Swing. The Western Edmonton, Swing. Edmonton, uh, Saskatoon back on. Um, you know, over the past couple of years with COVID, and obviously if we're in another realm of COVID, um, you know, it, it, things can change here, but but we're hopeful that that's the schedule heading but into it, next year. It, we got a variant right now. This yeah. is it. This is it. Well, it depends on what they think. Well, look right? at look at. There's <laughs> vaccines. Uh, sure, people sure. get their vaccines. That's, we thought we thought this was going to be back to normal last year too. It's, I know you never know. No. But what I'm saying is is it's back to normal. Um, this on on the scheduling portion. Yes. Um, you know, over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, obviously last year, piecemealed together, uh, late launch. Uh, they had a regular schedule put out as well at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, everything got kiboshed and then and then moved to uh, just Ontario and Quebec. Um, you know, and, and we lost the western portion as well. The east coast portion kind of fell off. Uh, back to normal for 2022 um, as of right now, um, you know, with... with uh, a bunch of you know three hundred or extended races as opposed to double headers, uh, only one double header on the schedule, and that's Saskatoon. Um, so there's going to be three points paying races on the Western Swing. Um, there's going to be six races here in Ontario. Uh, really interesting. The Toronto is back on yes. the schedule. Yes, um, that is definitely exciting news um, uh, uh, because we've seen um, on the Truck Series side. Um, the truck series is not going to be at CTMP this year, in uh, according to the schedule uh, launched that, by NASCAR. I know, but uh, and look at things do change. You never no, know. NASCAR is not adding that to the schedule. You can guarantee that one hundred and fifty percent. They're not adding a, a date to the truck series schedule. They don't do that. Okay, they'll well, they'll delete dates okay. because of COVID because they're not allowed. They're can not going to add a truck series. Can race. I can I say something? Yeah. Okay. I'm at Speed Weeks. Uh, what, seven years ago? Sure. Okay, broadcasting live from Daytona. Yes. What was announced at Daytona? The truck race at CTMP. That yeah, was The truck announced. race the following year. Well, it, it was announced. The it following was announced. year. Yeah, but... They're not going to add it to the schedule that's already been launched for CTMP. Yeah. Like, they've launched the 22 truck Sue, schedule. I got a number here. Uh, stick your head around the, the, the corner they've, in the studio They've here. launched the... Um, they've launched the series schedule for the truck series. They're I not know, coming to Canada in 2022. Well, hopefully. They're not, 150%. They it's just, they're not going to. It's not <laughs> happening. Okay. It's, they don't add dates. They, they can remove them because of COVID or because of certain circumstances, but they're not going to add. Yeah. When you look at, at the schedule, so interesting that the Toronto Indy is on right. and the truck series are not coming up here. Um, definitely difficult, but um, the schedule looks really strong for the Penny Series. Yeah, it does. And, it does. and you know, there's there's some interesting date. There is a TBD date on there um, that is pretty interesting. That is on June 25th. Heard lots of rumblings of what it is. Oh, can't wait yeah, yeah. for the uh, for the release on that. Well, we'll um, see. it's going to be definitely interesting, though. There's uh, there's a strong stout schedule there. Yeah, there sure is. We'll talk more about that in just a bit. But let's welcome in our next guest. Uh, he. He does come from BC. 
Uh, he's in that Rust Valley, I do believe. His name, J.F. Lanier. If I've pronounced your last name correctly, I believe I have. J.F., how are you tonight? You got it close enough. I'm great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing real good. But, uh, of course, uh, you, you're a racer. You're one of those guys behind the wheel of uh, multiple race cars. But how I got to know you uh, was through... Uh, the Rust Valley Restra- Restoration television show. Uh, you make uh, fa- uh, fairly occasional appearances on there uh, with JF Custom, and that's how I got to know that you were a race car driver. Uh, how about the season? Did you have any time behind the wheel in 2021? Yeah, I spent quite a bit of time behind the wheel. We have uh, a small GTU class at our local racetrack that I was a part of. We did... Uh, racing with Avion Motorsports. I don't know. Have you got Trevor on today? Uh, we did. We just had him on, actually. We had him on. Oh, and I just missed him then. Yep, yeah, he was just on, and uh, away he went. Uh, we, we got you on there, and he did say that you were part of uh, his his sprint series, I guess? Yep, yep. I run a sprint car in the series that they, they put together, and uh, I run a, I, call, I almost call it a metal coffin. It's a <laughs> super, super... Offset modified, I think, is what they're affectionately known as. Oh, yeah. I, I Super modifieds that, we see up here. Yeah, and we've talked about this numerous times, JF, on the program. I find it so interesting that Super Modifieds have such a rich history and passion out on the west coast of Canada. In British Columbia, yeah. like, like when you look at, at the hotbed of super modified racing, it is in the northeast of Canada and the United States. Oswego, right? so New York. Oswego, New York is the definitely the homeland for them, but you see them, you know, through uh, Ohio and, and Michigan and New York and like up in through that that corridor, um, you know, rich history down into like Virginia, uh, you know, we've seen on, on, on Dale Jr.'s Lost Speedways, you know, they spotlighted a, a couple of racetracks in Vermont uh, and as well in New Jersey that, that, you know, had like, you know, severe passions for the, the outlaw, not outlaw, the, the Isma super style modified. super modified. Um, but if you look on Canada's West Coast, there's that equal passion uh, all across the the land out there, um, and and there's a big gap between the two. So it's really interesting how that whole deal has kind of grown and and populated itself uh, in in that corridor. Yeah, I, I would say it's uh, it's the most humbling car I've ever tried to drive. No doubt. Yeah, yeah I, I don't um, I don't have enough experience in it, of course, because I'm late late to get to the ball game and sort of start to play with it. Um, a lot of our competitors run sprint cars in the same series, and they appear to be a little bit easier to handle on the short tracks. This car definitely wants a, a larger track than we've been driving it on, but it's, it's an interesting piece just mechanically and engineering-wise, so that's how I fell in love with it. So that sprint car, uh, just so I can get familiarized with it, is it a wing sprint car, a wing up top? Is it uh, a 360 sprint car, or is that a big block? Uh, it's, a, it's a small Chevy. It's got the motor set off right out of the chassis. So the motor sits beside, almost beside the driver, beside your legs, down at the front of the car. Um, the... I've driven it with the wing, which makes it much more manageable. But within our class, because we're just doing a vintage racing class for fun, we run no wings, and our only rule is our only rule is no wings, and then um, we all run the same right rear tire. 
So we yeah. run a fairly hard rear tire so that overpowered cars don't sort of take off and run away with it. <laughs> yeah, but that'll make it a little bit treacherous when you get a nice hard right rear on that car. Oh, man, it's just like driving a car on a knife edge. So <laughs> like I said, it's the most humbling car I've ever driven. I, I have not been able to sort of wrap my head around what I need to do next to drive it better. Um, we want to. We actually want to take some horsepower out of the car because of that right rear is so hard just to make it more manageable for me to to be able to learn the car. They say that if you, and I haven't done it yet, but if you get the car kind of out of control and if you put too much right steering input into the car, at some point in that correction, the car just gets a whole bunch of bite on the left wheels and just pokes itself right into the concrete wall. I'm really not eager to do that. I'm trying to learn it a little bit slower than I've learned other race cars. How about history on that car, JF? Where did it come from, or is that uh, oh, one that you guys put together? No, no, I wish I knew it all, but it's it's a it's a it's actually a well-known car. It was I can't I can't, I can't remember who had it. I'm terrible with that sort of stuff, but um, I've seen pictures of it that go back into the mid and even early '80s, where the car had an actual big block in it, and it actually they stood it up straight. Right now, it runs a dry sump they've got the motor sitting at about a 45 degree angle the small block in it Mm -hmm. and of course they're all alcohol fed you know uh hillborn injected cars which makes it really really cool it's just a super it's like it's kind of kind of like well i do lots of car show stuff but it is it's like a race car show it's hard to describe but super nostalgic nobody's out there to hurt anybody it's very gentleman driving and and still competitive, though. Like, still like, wow, everybody's on their A game. <laughs> yeah, and you got to be behind the wheel of one of those cars. Uh, I am fairly familiar with those super modifieds. Is that the one, JF, that made a very subtle appearance in the episode of uh, Rust Valley that uh, you were teaching that's exactly the boys? The car. Yeah. yeah, that's what it, the, the red car, uh, it yeah. had a 22 on it, didn't it? Uh, I want to say it did. Probably had a 92 or 22. Uh, there like you that. go. Yeah, I can't remember what the number was then. Yeah. Now, I wasn't yeah. sure whether that car uh, and yourself, I didn't know whether uh, it, it, the Super Modifieds uh, used to, don't know whether they still do or not, but they used to be fairly uh, frequent at Western Speedway. Yeah, and, I, and I, I've only raced Western Speedway for the television show, so I wouldn't be able to answer that. I know that you know the northwest of the u.s and the you know the southwest of canada had a great deal of canadian american drivers that got together like i say i'm i'm probably 25 years late to the game i've been building fancy show cars for a long time and and sort of missed all my days of stock car racing so i did it as a as a teenager in my early 20s and then i was able to sort of play again with it here in my 40s so yeah, Jason White from Sun Peaks, BC. We know Jason from running the yeah. NASCAR Penny Series. Uh, his family. A uh, and just a gentleman to be around. Yeah, I really like Jason. Yeah, and their family is uh, fairly rich. I believe his dad was into super modified racing uh, out there in so uh, my, Western BC. Yeah, so, so my car belonged to his uncle, John White. Ah, there you go. And, and what you Jason drove the car on a regular basis. And kind of a weird story how I got into the car is uh, his uncle John was at the racetrack 
and I had shown up just on my, one of my weekends where I needed to get away from all my personal, you know, hot rod show chaos, and I went to watch one of my, like, all-time friends from elementary school that's an amazing driver in that series, Matt Stevenson. And if you haven't heard of him, you're going to want to just look him up at some point. Actually, you have. We've name. heard that name, Matt Stevens. Matt Stevenson is a shoe. He really knows how to drive. And, of course, we grew up together as teenagers, rode dirt bikes, did all that stuff together. So it was pretty natural for, for me to sort of keep trying to follow his career as he was following mine. So I ended up in Agassiz in British Columbia to watch him race on a weekend. And got up real early because of camping and started walking around the pits and John White was sitting there working on that red car <laughs> and, and, and I, I was just like what is this like like I couldn't wrap my head around why you would have the engine outside the car I understand where the weight needs to be on those cars and how you're only turning left and I get it you got a drive shaft that's exposed on the outside of the car you've got a set of headers that have to travel over top of the center of the car to the other side I was just like, you have to explain this engineering marvel to me, right? You're right. So he spent a whole bunch of time explaining the car to me, but at the same time he was super frustrated about how the car was running, uh, the fact that he wasn't hitting his peak RPMs at the end of the straightaway, how it was misbehaved coming out of the corner, and he just seemed so frustrated. And at one point he said, well, my nephew normally drives the car. It was Jason, and... Um, so I don't normally drive the car, but I'm driving it this weekend to fill the field. And, and he just looked like he was a little on edge about the whole thing, right? Right. Not knowing, and I didn't know how those cars drive, so not thinking much of it. But an hour and a half later, I'm like, hey, you know what? This could be a once-in-a-lifetime deal for me. What are the chances you'd rent me the car for the day? Yeah. <laughs> not really thinking, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old street stock racer. You know, something that's about half the horsepower, half the speed. Right. And uh, he looks at me and he says, have you ever driven one of these? I'm like, no, I actually haven't. And uh, I said, but I'm safe. Like, I, I could I could learn pretty quick and, and, and you know. Yeah, got a level head. And, and see, see what he's, yeah, I'm, I'm level-headed. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to prove anything to anybody or wreck your car. And as a matter of fact, the car was for sale. So I said, worst-case scenario, I'll just buy the car at the end of the night if I've heard it. Right, and I'll sort myself out. Right, that's that's the agreement we can have. So he was he was pretty hesitant and uh, hesitant, and at the same time, sort of almost relieved that he didn't have to drive it for the night. So he said, "I'll tell you what: if they have two practice sessions, you go out in the first one. If I think you're safe, then you can go out in the second one. If I don't think you're safe, then we'll pull you out, and I'll qualify and see if I'm see who's faster." Right. Right. I go out there and very well behaved, but what I didn't know until I got in the car, like I've, I've never been in a roll cage car where the cage is basically against your shoulders, right? Yeah. Side to side against your shoulders. I'm like, what the, <laughs> I swear on here, but what the F did I get myself into here? Yeah. I'm sitting in the car. Now I realize it doesn't have a starter. Yeah. Not only does it have not, not have a starter, it doesn't have a transmission. Yeah, they're all direct so, drive. You got to shove them to get them going. Holy, what a steep learning curve, right? Uh, so he's like, okay, you're going to pull that, you're going to pull this. And, <laughs> and he says, if, uh, if, if, if the right front shock mount breaks, if you see it break, then you'll feel the car do this and this. And I was like, then my eyes got really big. And he said, yeah. 
oh, I probably shouldn't tell you all the things about this car. And I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> for it now. But it, it went really well, and I, I qualified better than he had the previous day on my first time, my first five laps in the car. Oh, cool. And, and gave him enough confidence that he felt that I could run it for the weekend. And at the end of the weekend, one of the guys, that uh, Jeff Kennedy, who's a big supporter of, of those cars, decided he wanted to buy the car and sort of put me in it for a year or two and just sort of have a camaraderie there where we could uh, enjoy racing together. Now, I do want to say that leading into that question, you said that, that Jason White and his family, and I want to clarify, you have rich history with the supermodifieds. Yes. You said, you yes. said they are rich. <laughs> That's that's how yeah. that's how it came oh, out. I didn't, I didn't say no, rich history. history. Rich history part. So I was I was chuckling when you when you said it. I knew exactly what you meant. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. very <laughs> rich. Jason that. White, yeah, yeah. Jason White, and his brothers are really rich. That's and I was like I was like I know exactly what you mean because it's just the way that it came out. You know, every I'm just now here and to then, help. I'm just here to help. Every now and then, even in a text, I'll forget a word, and uh, after you read it, after you've sent it, and you reread it, you go, man, I just how did I miss that word? <laughs> Jason, Jason would laugh at that. that yeah. That's uh, that's very comical. But no, it's absolutely cool to see uh, JF and and you know we've got you on the program and we're talking about super modifieds and something that's super fun. There's a guy here in Ontario uh, that actually just picked up a super modified right before COVID started. Right, right. Uh, Junior Farley. Yeah, um, he's going to go super modified racing. So it's funny that that we have you on the program talking about the super mods and stuff because really uh, we're all looking forward to seeing him. You know jump behind the wheel he's a late model guy from from here um but we've got you on the program we can't not talk about this riddler car um oh, the the famous yeah, car that that uh, that everybody the beater yeah the, beater. <laughs> the, yeah, the, yeah. the winner beater um that uh, that that we've all seen uh but uh it's the, the the fans for anybody out there listening that uh that doesn't know can you kind of break it down for us and and it's uh, yours it's right. still your position break that car down in a couple minutes right yeah. exactly right yeah so so i think what i'm most proud of that car and sort of qualifying my journey to the riddler just so that we can kind of get it straight just just like the whites aren't rich, neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so historically, the Riddler Award, and ever since, so it, I think it goes back for the last 40 years of the Riddler Award, there hasn't been an owner-builder that has won it. Wow. And I can explain that kind of quickly, that typically us guys who build race cars or show cars cannot afford a car of that caliber. Yeah, to build one for yourself, right? That's right. That's right. And people who have the funds to do it don't necessarily have the skills, right? Right. So I took a... I, I, had a, I had a really, really cool car in 04, I want to say. Um, cover of Super Rod magazine. You guys already still know that magazine. Super yep. cool magazine back then. Um, it was a 51 Kaiser that we... We were just a bunch of country bumpkins from Canada that didn't know anything about show cars and I wanted to put together a pretty nice car we, we hauled it down to LA and did Grand National Roadster show with the car our very first show you know first time putting a car on carpet and we won oh, what was it it was best custom in class sweepstakes custom chip foos award best custom of the show like just and, and you got guys like John D'Agostino there who's been building 
customs and, and one of the best builders of customs for, for a long time. They're right in the mecca of where it all happens. And, and I think the article actually in Super Rod was how the kid, oh no, that was in Rod and Custom. They had wrote, written, the kid from the wrong place with the wrong car shows us what's right. That's so, cool. Yeah. So clearly I had an eye for, for detail and, 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 a, and a stomach that could take, you know, the hard work that it takes to put a car together. And, and that's sort of what we got, we got going. So after that, in the next 10 years, I built one Riddler attempt, sold it to Barrett Jackson to sort of recoup some of my money that I had, I had spent. And that car was like a 12,000 hour car. So we'd spent 12,000 hours building that car. And then I went back with a client with another car. And my third attempt within that 10 years was my, my personal car. And uh, the only way I was able to do it was just hours. So I replaced money with hours. So 22,000 hours I think we had in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, most of the components of the car were sponsored. I had made enough of a name in the industry. I had I'd been trendsetter of the year at SEMA by then and, and all the stuff that goes as your career builds. But I still had this car and I had... It had been in Hot Rod Magazine as a car for sale, like a project for sale. And I thought, I bought the car for 400 bucks. You know, the first six months of me sort of building a custom car is sheet metal and welding wire. So I could afford that. I got to that point, still hadn't found a client for it because it was pretty exotic. It really was the first, the first muscle car that really blurred the lines between an exotic and a muscle car. Mm-hmm. So... Then it got time to buying parts, and I couldn't afford them, but the sponsors really got on board, right? Right. A company called Speed Tech that was working with us gave me the suspension for the car, so I didn't have to pay for that either. And then before you know it, I was able to knock on some doors and get some free leather for the interior and a couple seats from a parts supplier and, you know, put the engine on my credit card. And, <laughs> and as much as I say all of that stuff, I, I remortgaged my personal house and my parents' house the tune of four hundred thousand dollars wow sort of late in the project to keep feeding it money um so they're they're always multi-million dollar cars and if you do the math on 100 bucks an hour twenty-two thousand hours is 2.2 million right 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 so, so we just we just poured hours into it and so in 2005 2015 it was the first and still the only in, in that four-year span of an owner and a builder being the same guy that collects both trophies at the end of the ceremony. Yeah, pretty so. amazing. You see, that's why guys like Mike Hall and Avery, they listen to you, man, and they better, right? <laughs> you can teach them a lot. They do, they do. And you know what? They're great guys. And, and really, that was never Mike's intention to have a hot rod shop. He's just got a big, kind, generous heart and was just sort of fooling with cars and you know, trying to change his car collection from a car collection to cars that were finished, and so on and so forth. And then it became more than than it more than it was, or however you want to say it. So, yeah, at some points in there, they needed our help to sort of guide guide how the cars get built, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you do a dynamite job on that show, and uh, kind of cool. You're a race car guy too, but JF, we are right up alongside the top of the hour. We got to hand the keys back to Sirius XM. But will you do us a favor and join us in the new year, and we'll continue I the will, conversation? I will, and, I, and I was a little late to the party tonight, only because 
I'm in a different time zone than I'm supposed to be, so I was <laughs> expecting it to be an hour later. So no feel free problem. to reschedule me, and we'll talk more about the Riviera and how it's the only Riddler car to ever compete on a road course, a drag strip, autocross, and it has a 1,000 miles on it. Incredible. We look forward to yeah. it. You have a Merry Christmas out there, and be safe. All right, guys. Thanks so much. J.F. Uh You can see him on Rust Valley Restores, uh, uh, the show. They're going to re- they're gonna start the new season coming in February. But, Junior, that's going to do it for us tonight on the show. Uh, it's been a great year. We're going to be back January 16th for 2022. Can you believe it? Another season, our 16th year coming up. 16th year, and uh, it's going to be a heck of a Christmas holiday. I'm going to get, uh, you're going to make a bunch of baked treats, and I'm going to eat them all. <laughs> it's going to be great. we got to thank Susie Q right here in the studio for lining us up with all of our guests, and thank you for tuning in uh, along with all of our sponsors Napa Auto Parts, Andy Ganish, Nova Scotia, uh, New Glasgow, Port Hawkesbury, Quick Quick Fire Starters, VP Race Fields, all of you. You all make a difference, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll catch you January the 16th, all live, right here on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone, and be safe. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.